Welcome, welcome, welcome. Who's pumped to talk about insurance? You know I am, so let's get right into it. Welcome to the Ultimate Insurance Agency Podcast. Planet of the Agents. Planet of the Agents. Where we give you the real scoop on being an insurance agent and running an agency. This show is all about helping you focus on earning more money as an agent and building your own insurance empire. Empire. Here's your industry-leading host who has generated tens of thousands of insurance leads. This is Dave Baker. So I'm so happy to have you joining me here today for this first episode where I'm going to start sharing with you a lot of the experiences that I've had over the past 15 years in the business and share some of the tips and tricks that can really help you stay relevant in this modern world. Things are changing. So let me tell you a little bit about myself first and this podcast just so we can get to know each other. Why am I making this podcast? Simply put, there are too many agents today that I speak with that are asking me simply about making money. Things have changed so much since I've been in the industry, which is approximately 15 to 16 years, that I'm seeing too many of my own friends in the business who are struggling. And specifically, I'm really referring to those who are PNC agents or as you know, property and casualty insurance agents. There are obviously many parts of the industry from carriers to the wholesalers to the direct writers, of course, and uh, many others. But the focus here is going to be on the independent agents and as well as those who are just looking for more opportunity in the property and casualty business on the sales side. The biggest question I hear people ask me is, how do I get business? It used to be so easy. Sure, of course. I remember when I was a kid and if we were going to go on vacation, I would go down to the local travel agent on the corner and they would print out tickets for my family, those old-fashioned cardboard tickets that some of you may never have actually even seen or heard of. And that's a huge difference uh, in their industry that has really upset them as well uh, with the introduction of the internet. When I first got into the business, it was because I heard someone actually at a party talking about residuals. And I said, what are these residuals? And he said, hey, it's this great thing where I just keep getting paid year after year, even if I'm on vacation, even if I don't sell a new customer. I just keep getting paid over and over again. And that's when I first learned about renewals and residual commissions. But today, in 2020, we are actually hearing more and more about renewals falling off, whether it's in our own business or with the people that I talk to, from conventions to my own friends to carrier reps that come to our office and talk about the way people are switching it's become not only a lot easier to switch, but also people are being inspired or motivated to switch for the wrong reasons frequently. And if you're a property and casualty agent, you probably know they're often shopping for price. Even though you have a better product, it it doesn't seem to matter to so many people. And I get it. 
So what do we have to do? We have to adapt. What does this mean? It, it can actually mean a lot of things. Uh, depending on where your agency is, depending on where you are in your life, uh, in your career. So adapting can mean things like using the internet more for marketing or just changing your entire business model as an agent. It really depends on where you're at in your career and your life and, and honestly how much time you have left in the business. If you're planning on retiring in a year or two, then you might not need to adapt at all. And there's a lot of great stuff about being an insurance agent that still makes it a strong and viable business, uh, one of which is the barrier to entry, which is having an insurance license. You're competing with all these people on the internet now who sell insurance through referral links. So they're not actually selling the insurance, they're just referring people to companies. But they get a very small payout for that as compared to what you would get uh, with an insurance license. So let me tell you a little bit about myself. I have about 15 to 16 years experience in the industry. I started as an agent. I'd never worked for a carrier. I never worked for a wholesaler. And I jumped right into sales uh, pretty much on day one. I started on the life and health side simply because the person who I heard talking about the industry was working in life and health. And I will say that at the time it was a great opportunity. Uh, health insurance commissions were significantly more People were not so frequently switching, and at the time, uh, the renewals were great as well. But I did see the writing on the wall, and there was a lot of talk of government health insurance and single payer and things like that, and that inspired me to move to property and casualty, which has really been my focus for 10 or more years at this point. For those of you who have been around for a long time, I'm sure the years uh, slowly start to blend together and... It's almost hard to believe that so much time has passed since you jumped into the business. What I really liked about property and casualty, though, was that there was better opportunity to serve more people. There are so many people who need your services, whether it's homeowner's insurance or auto or commercial lines or those people that you can educate on the value of an umbrella and things like that. Now, let's go back to talking about the Internet for a moment. I really started the business by jumping in on the internet fairly quickly as compared to most other people from what I've heard and been told. Quite a few people actually told me that I was really one of the first people to use the internet to start generating leads online about 10 years ago before that was even a trend. Now in the beginning, I did use old fashioned techniques to generate business such as attending networking groups. I'm sure many of you have tried that, where you attend a group probably before work at 7 in the morning and you have a breakfast and there's one person from each industry in there, such as real estate or medicine or chiropractic professionals, and then you share leads. And I also did many of the other traditional methods, such as attending events after work, passing out business cards, and even visiting banks and escrow and title companies and things like that. That all seems like so long ago. I first was really introduced to the internet as a marketing tool after we had created a very basic web page in some very old-fashioned software that today you probably would never use. It might not even exist. This was long before we had some of the more advanced stuff that you see today. And 
At the time, I was uh, working in Southern California, and someone had called me from another state. They had called from Arizona, and I said, well, that's strange. Why are you calling me instead of a local agent? How did you even hear about us if you live in Arizona? And I believe the lady said, well, I found you online. And a light bulb just clicked in my head. I immediately realized, wait a minute, there are people who live all over the country. What if they could all reach me and I could service them? I don't need to limit myself to the people that I have referred to me through these meetings or other methods that I was using. And so I slowly began to build more web pages and get licensed across the country. And what happened was pretty quickly the business started to ramp up. It was quite exciting to see new leads coming in almost every day. I realized at that point there's no point in me getting up extra early and going to these meetings to just bring in one potential client at a time when I could have five to 20 people contact me requesting quotes. In my lifetime, I've generated well over 25 to 50,000 leads without buying them. Did you hear that? Without buying them. There is huge opportunity without actually buying leads. And the whole concept of buying leads is just something that I've really, really seen pick up in the last, say, five to seven years. I'm often reminded about going to a conference in Vegas for marketing affiliates, and they have a special section of the seminar just for insurance leads. That's how lucrative it is to sell insurance leads. It's likely more lucrative than actually being an insurance agent or broker. Isn't that interesting? So a little bit more about me. I have sold insurance across the country for many years in almost every state, actually potentially every state, uh, not every product in every state, of course, because there are different uh, products available, but uh, general, generally speaking, property and casualty insurance of different kinds, uh, now with a larger focus on commercial than anything uh, across the country. I've been on different agency councils for different reasons, some for general uh, suggestions and general involvement in the future of agencies, and some times I have been on a council for technology. Technology, to me, now being possibly the most important thing in our world. And if you have been in business for a long time, and many of you have probably been in business much longer than me, you are now seeing the effects of technology on the industry. If you're newer to the business, you might be sitting there thinking, why doesn't our industry have more technology? Why isn't it easier to do business? It is shockingly difficult to make a small sale that might earn you a commission of, who knows, 20 to $75 a year. It's, it's, an, it's ridiculous. The amount of work that you have to go through to make a small sale, whether it's generating some archaic type of forms that customers need to sign, filling out lengthy supplementals, the whole concept is, is so archaic, it just blows my mind. Think about this. If you want to sell someone a home-based business policy that could potentially have a premium of $200, where perhaps you earn a 15% commission or $30, it could take you 30 minutes to an hour just to speak to the customer about it and then fill out the paperwork. Well, here comes a shock. 
you could possibly go get a job as a barista at a coffee shop and practically make the same amount of money and then go home and not have to worry about servicing that customer for a whole year. So that's where we are today. And that is why I'm here to share many of the things I've learned and just to help my fellow agents out there build a better business and keep their business strong. So let's get started. I want to start now with a little reality check. Ask yourself this question. Would you tell someone who's getting started in their working life right now to launch their own insurance agency? If you're not saying yes, then clearly you don't have a positive outlook on the industry, do you? I've attended countless seminars and webinars and conventions, which, which I actually love. I do have to say I love going to the convention, seeing my friends, seeing the carriers, kind of getting in touch with other agents to see what's going on in their lives. But what I don't love is when I hear the speakers at the convention tell agents how to really stand out in the modern world. And by that, what I mean is stand out from really a crowded internet space and aggressive advertising that has really put agents a little bit behind the modern way of delivering information and getting customers. Look, the internet has changed things. This is not a secret. There's a good chance you order everything online now from canned tuna to medicine to pretty much anything you need. And what's incredible about it is that even physical products can be delivered now in the same day. So keep that in mind. You actually sell a professional service. Some people could call it a digital product, although it's not really a digital product. And if a physical product, such as your groceries, can be delivered in two hours or less, why would someone possibly want to wait in this modern world for a professional service, which is an intangible product? You're really selling your knowledge and your expertise, so to speak, along with the actual insurance product. So with the internet, what we're seeing now is a shift in how things are marketed. Do Think about all the advertisements that you hear and that you see, whether it's on television or on Instagram or ads you just see uh, targeted to you when you're viewing a website. Do you ever really even see an advertisement about coverage anymore? You remember coverage, that thing that you sell, insurance coverage, protection, peace of mind. It's so rare that I ever hear anything mentioned about actual coverage. So that's where things have really changed. And on top of that, combined with the fact that people are now educated and told to purely shop on price, they're also told that everything can be done in just a few minutes. Think about just 10 years ago. In fact, maybe yesterday, depending on your agency. Did you have someone walk in? Did you get a new customer over the phone? through your website or through another method? Did you spend perhaps 45 minutes to an hour talking to them about insurance and discussing all of the benefits of what you're selling them as well as potential risks? Well, that's one way of doing things. The other way 
is carpet bombing advertising to millions of people simultaneously that in just a few minutes they can go online and purchase insurance. Of course, do they read the policy? No, probably not. That's really the difference between us and what's going on online today. I want to give you an example of a story I recently heard about speed, so to speak. And it's from an older agent who's probably been in the business for at least 25 years. She's got a lot of experience. She's built tons of relationships over the years. And she told me she had a client email her somewhere around 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock on a Sunday night asking to confirm if the policy was in force or possibly just to review a few different small questions. None of it really seemed urgent. By Monday morning, the client had emailed her telling her that he was canceling his auto or perhaps a package of home and auto with her because she didn't respond. So he went elsewhere. That's right. That was within less than 12 hours on a Sunday night. Boom, he'd already gone elsewhere. And that is the new world that we live in. Now, not all of you probably experienced that. Some of you probably have a very tightly knit community where you are the uh, focal point of the insurance business. And many of you might deal with certain types of business customers. But once again, I do speak with a lot of agents and many of them are focused on a mix of personal lines and small commercial. So can you compete with this in the modern world? Yes. And that's one of the major topics I'm going to be addressing in another episode very shortly. Let's look at the three major channels of distribution. Number one, the independent agent. That's probably you. Number two, the captive agent. And that might also be you. And number three, direct. So there are three methods that carriers are distributing insurance to stay relevant in the modern world. And this is the omni-channel distribution. Going through independent agents, having a direct arm, and also using their own captive agents. Now, there are others of you out there. And let's sort the agencies into a few different types of setups. You've got your rural agent. That would be someone who works in perhaps a farming community or another similarly structured community where you may be one of the main or only uh, options for insurance in the area. That puts you in a great spot because everybody knows you and they're going to come to you. Similarly, you have the local small town agent. Despite what many people think, most of America is not made up of huge cities with millions of people. There are many wonderful small town and local agents that have been in business for many years, and they're a huge part of their community. Everybody knows them, and when somebody needs insurance, they go to you. That's great. There are times they're not going to go to you, which is when they need a niche product that you cannot provide, which again is a key topic we're going to soon be discussing. Now, if you work for, or perhaps even own, a mega agency, you know, one that writes nothing less than a $250,000 premium or won't sell a product that generates less than $50,000 in revenue, you're probably in a different situation than most people listening and most of us in general. Most of us aren't writing close to a billion dollars in premium a year. If you ever want to see some of those uh, huge agencies, definitely take a look in something like a property and casualty magazine or Google the top premium writing agencies. It's uh, quite impressive how big some of the mega agencies have gotten. Sometimes they're called alpha houses or they have other nicknames, but that's very few. In fact, when you look at the top producing agencies, 
you'll notice between number one and 25, the amount of premium quickly falls off. And it really doesn't represent the average insurance agency. The one I'm really talking to right now is a mix of the local small town and rural agent, as well as what I like to call the traditional agency. Sometimes it's what people refer to as a mom and pop business or a family business. You're going to have two to three CSRs and producers, commonly about four to seven people working there. And often one or two of the people at least are related. It might be a father and son business or a mother and daughter business or a mother, father and children business with a couple other people who help out doing some production and unfortunately spending all too much of their money on customer service and spending just so much of their time on things that don't make money. There is so much time spent at a property and casualty agency on things that don't make money. I'm probably going to have to dedicate an entire episode just to that. So here's my question. Is the traditional agency still going to be around in the future? Do you even generate enough revenue to really sustain your family for the next 20 to 40 to perhaps 60 years? Can your kids take over the agency and really have something to look forward to? Do you remember that comment I made a little while ago about working as a barista rather than an insurance agent and possibly making the same amount of money? That leads me to ask you to a key question you should be thinking about. How much money do you even make per policy? We could call it uh, revenue or a different term or your average revenue per policy or average revenue per sale. Now, if you know that number, and I hope that you do, let's go to another question. How much time is spent to complete each sale on average? Do you know? Have you ever analyzed this information before? It's definitely something to think about. Why, you might ask? Well, if you were to break down the amount of money you make per policy and then look at how much time you spend on each item, you might realize that you're making so little that it's practically minimum wage. I recall a meeting I had with a local agent from a farmer's office, and he's kind of starting up, uh, he's been in business just a few years now, and I asked him, hey, what were the last few things that you sold today and yesterday? And he had mentioned that he'd sold a renter's policy and a condo policy, and while those are great because they could leave to cross-sale opportunities, which was certainly his goal, I had asked him, well, did you cross-sell them another policy? And he said, no, they weren't interested at the time. And then I asked, well, how long did it take you to sell the renter's policy? And he mentioned that someone had walked in and they sat down and they shook hands and he had a cup of water and then they talked a little bit about coverage, although the customer wasn't really that concerned about the coverage and just wanted to satisfy his landlord. I'm sure many of you have heard this many times. He then told me that the policy premium was somewhere around $180. So I said to him, well, what's your commission on that? I hope it's 100%. And he laughed, of course, and said, no, I think it's somewhere between 12 and 15%. Sometimes we can get a little bonus here and there. And I said, wow, 15% of $180. So you made about $27. He said, well, I didn't really think of it like that, but sure, I'll get to get $27 a year indefinitely. Well, if you spent an hour working on a renter's policy and you made a whole $27, I wouldn't be running out to put down a deposit on a Bentley. How many of you are renters or similar customers that are monoline and have just one policy even renew? There's another question for you. Do you even know that? Do you know what percentage of renewals you have in your attrition rate?
Well, when you think about this and you look at all of your customer base, you really want to analyze this. For example, renters may not live in the same place forever and may not prioritize insurance as someone such as a homeowner or someone who owns a large significant commercial property. These are all things you want to think about when you're doing your sales. This agent, like many other agents I've spoken to, I went to him and I said, well, what, what do you focus on here? What do you do primarily? And like many standard agencies, he said, well, whatever comes in the door or whoever calls. Now, I have not worked in a retail location in the sense of a place where people come in the door. I know we use the word retail agency to compare that to wholesalers. But for our example, we're speaking about retail shopping centers. So I've not had to deal with people coming in the door, which takes significantly more time than dealing with someone over the phone or by email in many cases. But it's something that you really want to think about in your marketing. So when he mentioned to me that he deals with whoever comes in the door, or perhaps for you, whoever calls or whatever type of lead you may get, I was thinking, well, how are you going to be relevant in the future when most simplistic types of insurance can be purchased online quickly and from a cell phone? Now, let me back up for one second and say that no type of insurance is truly simplistic, but to the consumer, that is often how they view it. I mean, to you and I, we look at a policy and see the deck page, and we know that there's a series of exclusions hiding behind that cover page. But for the average Joe, they're just not thinking about that stuff. So in our upcoming episodes, we're going to be addressing things such as niches and being a generalist. Perhaps you've heard that famous expression, if you're a jack of all trades, then you're a master of none. And that is probably not going to bode well for the future. When I look at a lot of industries that have been hurt by the internet, it's what I call the tidal wave of the internet. The tidal wave has come and it has crushed many people. And those who rose up out of the water have changed from being a generalist or jack of all trades to being a niche marketer. I try not to use the word specialist because as you know in insurance, that is a frowned upon term. But in the upcoming episode, we're gonna talk about the mistakes of being a generalist and looking at the super low cost policies that many people may actually sell to determine if that's even a viable product for you to continue focusing on. As well, we're also gonna talk about a few key topics such as understanding your product, meaning the insurance and the policy, and other items that you could be selling to increase revenue at your business, whether it's cross-selling an additional policy or, hold on, adding another product to your arsenal of things that you sell. You'd be shocked at how much interest there is from your clients in other products, and they already know you, perhaps, depending on your business model. So let's say they know you. People do business with people that they like and people that they trust. So if you bring another item to the table, they may be interested in working with you. So thank you for listening to today's episode of Planet of the Agents. Please remember to subscribe on the podcast and leave a comment. I would love for you to subscribe to the newsletter at www.planetoftheagents.com, where we're going to share some tips and tricks and other valuable information. And I look forward to seeing and hearing from all of you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to Planet of the Agents. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And head over to our website at planetoftheagents.com to sign up for our newsletter and get even more information.
on how to grow your insurance agency. If you have any suggestions or questions for upcoming episodes, or you'd like me to address any specific topics, please send your email to team at planetoftheagents.com. Once again, that's team at planetoftheagents.com. All right, now get back to work and keep selling, marketing, and growing your business. Take care. Thanks for listening to Planet of the Agents. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And head over to our website at planetoftheagents.com to sign up for our newsletter and get even more information on how to grow your insurance agency.